one. Hello, everybody. Welcome to uh, the Having Lunch podcast. Uh, once again, uh, we're here over Zoom. Actually, both of us are outside this time. I think uh, Zach and I both thought that the audio came out pretty well last time. So it's another beautiful day. So why not? Um, and also, we've heard a lot of feedback. Um, you know, now that the podcast is on Spotify, uh, it's been accessible to a lot more people, which I think has been uh, quite cool. Uh, and one of the things that we've heard from kind of a lot of people is that uh, the podcasts have been long, which we I think is is kind of a good thing in one sense, but also uh, kind of something we can work to improve on uh, in another sense. So something that we're really going to be trying to do is keep each podcast contained uh, within roughly one hour, really probably maximum hour 15, hour and a half uh, unit blocks such that, you know, it's a lot more digestible. And of course, you know, people might want to listen to it on one and a half times speed and that will make it go even faster. And, and that's personally how I listen to my podcast. But I think we're going to try and work really hard to make more, uh, more concise, self-contained units. And, and the way that we're basically going to do that is by uh, trying to get sidetracked less often. Is, does that uh, pretty much encapsulate uh, the, the housekeeping stuff? Yeah, we're going we're gonna to set like a timer for the 50-minute mark. And then just because just we both tend to be uh, – we like broad strokes and like we like the way ideas lead into like one another and that kind of that's a benefit and like a good thing in one sense but also can lead to us getting off topic in a way that isn't ideal for the uh platform that we're utilizing so we'll hopefully having like a little bit of a guideline will keep us more uh you know structured and locked in yeah so i think what we're going to do today uh is kind of finish up the the virtue code that we were working our way through last time. That hopefully shouldn't take too long. Then we'll end this episode uh, and then we'll end record it, record a new segment. So Zach and I will continue going because as he knows, and as I know, we could both kind of sit here and talk for four or five hours, but uh, in order to make it more digestible, we'll, we'll break up the content. So with that, I guess I'll uh, throw on my screen share. I guess I'll say one more thing um, before we do that. And, and this is kind of what we were just talking about before, which is, you know, being home for this virus period uh, has really allowed me to create a lot more content and, and think about things uh, in a way that maybe I would not have otherwise done. Like right now, I would be in school. It would be senior week. I would probably be uh, consuming like different types of inebriating elements and hanging out with friends and <laughs> not putting the most amount of time into, you know, developing um uh, proprietary content or just like thinking about ideas differently. Uh, but I have been just listen, continuing to listen to a crazy amount of podcasts and reading, you know, long form articles and books. And, and that's been uh, quite a cool experience for me. And then, you know, getting to come on the podcast and discuss it with you has also been uh, quite awesome. So on like a kind of similar note, I think like I think a mental block that I definitely faced and that a lot of people face in the pursuit of doing the things that they want to do is like when we first started doing this, I was like thinking like, well, I always thought that your opinions had value because they had value to me and I just enjoyed hearing you talk. But I was thinking, who am I to have a podcast? You know, like who wants to hear like what I have to say? Like what, why does what I have to say matter? And the answer is it doesn't really uh, we have a podcast because we want to have a podcast because this is fun and because we're doing it for us. And yeah. so I think, I think that's, 
I think I don't know. I think there's things to be like taken away from that. Like not everything has to be uh, so serious. Like you're allowed to do th- like people are allowed to do things because they're enjoyable and because like they're fun. And then like we're going and putting it out there because we can't, you know? Yeah. So it's not but like it's not like yeah. So it's not like either of us think like that when like that we're like particularly uh, like, particularly worth listening to. It's just that we wanted to do it, so we're doing it. Yeah, and I, I think that is exactly the way that I feel about this. And, and moreover, you know, putting it out there has, A, kind of been just like a cool experience learning about the process of, like, getting stuff on Spotify versus, like, YouTube and figuring out and doing, like, the editing. And then we worked on, like, kind of the background picture and just figuring out, like, logistical stuff is kind of interesting. Uh, yeah, it's been also, fun. Yeah, also I've had just, like, a bunch of people reach out to me and, you know, say, say something um, or like have conversations about one of the topics that we discussed on one of the podcasts. And that's just a very cool thing that I can kind of, that we can kind of get these messages out to large groups of people, like, you know, a couple hundred viewers uh, or listeners. And then if any one of them has anything interesting or that they agree or disagree with, they can kind of bring it up to either one of us. And now all of a sudden, you know, it's even more insight and it's like a really cool way of disseminating information, but then also getting feedback on your own content. Yeah. And starting a discourse like in our own little worlds. Yeah. So I think that's been uh, very cool. But with that, let's, let's do a hard cut off on that so we can yeah, let's try, and, uh, <laughs> let's try and move along. Uh, uh, do so you want to, do you want to set like an actual timer? Like, do you have yeah, your phone? Let's do, yeah, I got, I'm, I'm looking at it on my computer. Let's, let's see uh there's six more of these left let's see if we can do it let's check back in 30 minutes and see how we're doing okay sounds good so i'm going to share the screen onto these virtues um so the last one was the one we did about uh the harm and even though we were we could talk continue talking about that for a while i think uh let's kind of wrap and move on to number seven um and again a lot of these are like my personal again my personal kind of virtues that i've i try to to look at when I'm in a situation where you know I need to make a decision uh, and I just like want to look through this list of, of something that I compiled when I was thinking pretty clearly uh, and long-term focused so uh, number seven is try not to make decisions while stressed angry upset or feeling any other emotion that may affect long-term decision making instead try and this would be depending on the time frame to make a decision uh, just taking a few deep breaths if, if the decision needs to be made in an extremely short period of time. If I have a little more time, try meditating, uh, you know, 10, 15 minutes. Taking a shower is something that's like actually pretty useful for me. Um, if I have plenty of time, you know, hop on the phone, call a friend, do some exercise. And if I don't even have to make the decision today, um, you know, just try doing all of those things and then sleeping on it and then uh, try making the decision tomorrow. So that's kind of how you know, the, my method of, of getting my head on straight when I have to make like pretty impactful decision. Um, but I have these other emotions, uh, that are affecting me for whatever reason. So could not agree more would potentially add two that I really have found to be helpful in my life. One of them is journaling for me, like writing things down is just lends so much clarity because I do at some time, at some points feel like my thoughts can be muddled by uh, 
I don't know, just like existing patterns or things that have been imposed upon me by like, uh, you know, parents or people who you're really close with. Like, and I feel like writing just can make it more clear because particularly when emotions are like very loud and like thoughts can kind of get cluttered. I think writing can lend like just journaling can lend like a whole lot of clarity. And the other one would be just taking a day, just like, like coming to some conclusion and then letting it sit and just like spending a day, like not even thinking about it, but just like giving it like a day and then coming back to it the next day and seeing if like you feel, feel or if you still feel just as strongly about it. And so one thing that I realized recently is, uh, I feel like I, I feel myself that I have like a bit of a shopping problem, not in the sense that like I really like like I buy so much or I have all these things or I spend ridiculous amounts of money, but it just like a, a statistic that spoke to me recently was uh, Americans consume three times more things than any other people on the planet mm-hmm. per person. Three times more things per person. Each American consumes as much as three people almost anywhere else on the planet, and to me that was just like ridiculous like that's insane that that i just we just have such a culture of consumption and of uh just buying without need and like so i don't think i don't think i'm like the most extreme example of that but i think i can be improved so i've been trying to be more mindful in terms of purchases and so like the thing that works or the thing that was suggested to me by important people in my life has been uh even if something seems like it's a good deal or even something seems like it would be like a good purchase or it'd be beneficial, just put it in the cart and let it sit for a day. And then if you still want it a day later, then maybe it's worth getting. Yeah. That's, that's, um, that's very interesting. Uh, I think both of those points, I mean, the latter one, like my idea was kind of like sleep on it. Like don't make the rash decisions, wait till the next day, see how you feel. So I can empathize with that. I'm honestly a bit surprised at myself that I didn't put uh, journaling on here. I mean, kind of as I mentioned during the last podcast, um, this was kind of like a a base code of like virtues that that were more reminders for me. And, and typically, I journal uh, before bed. And I, I did, you know, I journaled every day for about two years. Um, but now I've That's more amazing. Yeah, it was, it was definitely a cool period um, in my life. But I but I think at this point. Um, you know, especially now that I'm in a relationship and I kind of can talk through like my day-to-day stuff with my girlfriend, you know, really every day, um, journaling has kind of made more sense for me to do, um, on a non-routine basis. Um, and so oftentimes it's like the first thing that I do, um, when I feel these emotions. So it's, it's kind of funny, um, that I didn't even think to put it on this list, um, just because it was maybe like too obvious, um, for me in terms of like, Oh, like it's, it's my go-to thing. Um, and then like I would do the other stuff or like I would do it before bed. Uh, but like I, it definitely should have been on this list. So I, I appreciate that you brought it up because I'm just like, wow, now this list is that much better. Um, well, it's definitely cool. a good thing that that's so routine for you that you wouldn't even look over it, but it's something that could serve to help people, I think in their day to days. Yeah, no, de- definitely, definitely. That's true. Um, I think let's move to number eight. Yeah. Cool. Um, so this one I really like, um, it's take any unique opportunities that you're on the fence about as long as there's not any real risk. Um, so in here, it says at least two times greater than driving a car of catastrophic <laughs> I always danger. think that's particularly um, funny. Yeah. And, and the second one, and the little sub bullet is do it, especially if it will provide me with an opportunity to learn 
experience something different or express myself in a new way. So just to, I, I'm, I was thinking about actually changing uh, what's inside of the parentheses because yesterday um, my friend who uh, is a pilot, uh, so he, he's been training to be a pilot for a few years. He became a pilot uh, last summer. Um, was just like, oh, do you want to like go in, in this like little jet and fly over Manhattan? And I was, I had to think about it for a minute because I was just like, oh, like it wasn't in my plans for the day. I had like this other stuff I wanted to do. Um, but then I was just like, fuck it, I'll just do it. Uh, so I really that's think- That's a hell I yes, man. That's the, yeah. Yeah. that's the kind of thing you never say no to. <laughs> yeah, it's a real risk, at least, um, uh, you know, as great a danger as hopping in your friend's jet. Or it wasn't his jet, but whatever. He has access. He's he's a pilot, and he has access to a jet. Um, and like, of course, there's some risk of danger. Like you hear all the stories of you know the people in the tiny propeller jets, um, you know, getting killed or crashing. But like, we just flew over Manhattan. We flew over Central Park. We flew around the Statue of Liberty. We flew all around the Freedom Tower and the Empire State Building. And it was it was fucking sick. Um, and so yeah, so I just you know take the opportunities if you're on the fence about them. So, I first of all, I think it's awesome that your friend just went and got a pilot's license. Is, does he want to be like a commercial pilot, or is that just something that he wanted for himself? Just wanted for himself. Uh, it's a hobby for him, um, and it's it's pretty dope. Yeah, I think it's a sick thing. That should be a rule for life: have hobbies. <laughs> yeah, just have things that you do for fun, like have things that you just do just because it's cool and you like them. Because I said this last time, but like I literally could not believe it more that anything that makes you a uh, more interesting person is valuable experience. Anything that gives you more things to talk about, more stories to tell, just makes you like more open-minded, more uh, broadens your perspective, then it's worth doing. So I'm very in favor of this one. Take anything. I mean, obviously have a mind for risk, but push yourself out of your comfort zone sometimes because that's where growth happens. Growth happens in feelings of slight discomfort. Yeah. And, and, you know, he was telling me that last summer he flew basically across the U S this tiny propeller plane from California to New York. And he was like making stops in all of these. And he went on like crazy detours um, and like went to, he was in, uh, I want to say he was in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And then I think he flew through Texas and he came up like, he's like went to a bunch of different cities and just like kind of experienced what it was like there and, and spent a ton of time in a plane on his own flying over the country, you know, pretty, pretty nuts. Um, but I think Does a plane have an aux cord. Yes. Yeah. Do you guys oh, yeah. play you music while music. you were flying? Yeah. We played music. Um, That's and, so sick. Yeah. And we, we even talked with, so they've started closing some of the towers um, after like 4 PM because there's not that much traffic. So there was like a police helicopter a little below us. So we, we chatted with the police helicopter. It was, it was, it was a lot of fun. That's awesome, dude. That's yeah. really, really cool. So it's very cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, rule I think, eight, push yourself outside of your comfort zone. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's basically the gist of that rule. Um, and especially if it's going to provide you with any type of opportunity. And again, like I had this, like we were hanging out during the day and I was like, all right, I'm going to come home. I'm going to like, do this i'm gonna like do that um and then like this opportunity came up 
And the first reaction I had, my instinct was like, oh no, I can't do it because I have to do X, Y, and Z today. But then all of a sudden I was like, wait a second, just like take a step back. Like, actually, this is a much better opportunity than those things. Those things aren't really urgent and important and I can kind of push them off and I'll be fine. This is a unique opportunity that's not available all the time. So I think just being able to get out of your, getting, getting out of my own head, right? Cause like I'm always in my own head in some sense of like planning out, I have to do this and then this and then this, but like you need to be able to kind of just jump out of that. And I think, you know, that's something that's going to, uh, I'm going to talk more about in the next one if we want to move on. But if you have something else to say, definitely, definitely add it in now. Well, so two quick things, but I think this is a great rule. I think one of the biggest strengths of our generation is that we don't feel so trapped in jobs the same way that uh, previous generations might have. So I think this rule can apply to that kind of thing as well, where it's like if an opportunity presents itself, don't let fear be the thing that blocks you from taking it. You know? And yeah, I mean, a little bit of fear can be helpful because it can uh, prevent bad decision making. But I do think that there has been a trend historically of uh, minimizing the worst case as opposed to maximizing the best case. And I think that is a, I think that's a limiting way to live one's life. And so I think that should be avoided. I think, I think decisions should not be made out of fear. I think decisions should be made uh, more frequently out of hope would be what I would say. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, anytime people are like, Oh my God, like, why'd you do this? You could have like died or this and that. And I'm just like, you could die anytime you cross the street or get in your car. Um, it's all, it's everything is a, is a cost benefit advantage, right? Like you could lock yourself at home and never leave and you'll never get any virus and you never get hit by a car or crash a plane or like, you know, get food poisoning or anything else. But, um, you know, that's no way to live life. And, and just doing downside maximization doesn't work for anything um, in life, I think. Yeah. So, so yeah. Uh, they're, they're like the way that was expressed to me in a very important book that I read that's called The Four Agreements. That's, I would recommend to anybody. It's like very spiritual, but if you open your mind to it, it can really be an impactful thing. And the way that was presented in that is it, he calls it walking with the angel of death. And that's just that don't be so afraid of dying that you're too scared to live. And I think that's something that's worth uh, giving credence to. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't put that any better. All right. I like rule that. nine. Rule nine. Rule nine. Well, <laughs> Moving. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, also, in case anyone's wondering, I, there's some noise in the background. It's all wind, um, and it's just because we're outside and it's a beautiful day. But wind will just naturally happen. Um, yeah, right, we have to nine. give mine to both our YouTube users and our Spotify users, and we're trying that to get the best of both. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You got you got to got to balance it. Yeah, you got to uh, get cool. the good background view, but you also need <laughs> the good sound quality. <laughs> I, I agree with that. Uh, okay, rule nine. Productivity and efficiency are important, but only as a means to an end and never as an end in itself. Some best practices include form good habits and force myself to stick with them and create negative and positive incentives for myself. B, get the hardship that needs to be done over with first because it won't happen unless I make it happen. 
And otherwise it makes everything worse to have it sitting in the back of my head. And C is don't let yourself, myself fall into a sunk cost trap. I put on quotes, Bernstein bears hole, which only serves to cut off your nose to spite your face. So I can kind of go through those uh, quickly, like more in detail. So, well, can you explain uh, C? Because I feel like C is reliant on some. C first. Yeah. yeah so there's, there's a, a kid story called like the Bernstein Bears. And I, my mom used to read it to me, I remember. The, the only thing I can really remember from it is the fact that there's like the kid like does something wrong. Like I, maybe he steals about something. Maybe he, maybe he lies about it. And then like he's confronted with it. Um, and there's basically like two options. Like he could kind of confess and like deal with like a little bit of the bad consequences now, but instead like he starts digging himself into a hole and like lies further and then like has to keep <laughs> lying and the hole get, he's getting like deeper and deeper. And that story really has like imprinted on my mind. And I'm just like, like if I fuck up, I'm just going to like kind of apologize and fix it right away because just own it's it. not just own it. Just yeah. own it. Yeah. I mean, it just only will get worse if you just keep digging the hole deeper and, and the, deeper and deeper you dig it, it's just cutting off your nose to spite your face, but really, you know, fighting your future self. Yeah. I think, I think everyone has probably been in a situation like that. Particularly, I mean, that's part of growing up, but like, I think, uh, as like we get closer to being adults, I wouldn't really consider myself an adult yet by any stretch. I still feel very young. So, uh, but I think like that's just a big part of it. Just like, being able to own your mistakes and like learn from them and apologize. Apologizing is like so underrated, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy underrated. Um, crazy underrated. Uh, I think, let me go through, I guess, some of the other uh, notes besides for C. Um, so I think at times in my life, I've been way too focused on productivity and efficiency. And I think in some ways, that has served me well. And even, you know, now it serves me kind of well that I really am, my brain is kind of geared to just like, all right, I want to accomplish a lot of things. I have a scarce amount of resources or time. And like my brain is constantly trying to like allocate these things and figure out, you know, when I'm going to do this, when I'm going to do that, how am I going to get it all done? And all that is kind of good, but it's important for me to understand that like productivity and efficiency really are always means they're not an end in itself and i think at times in my life like i, I think i talked about one of the earlier podcasts like my my um you know sophomore year and, and this is not completely true but in, in some ways you know i spent a ton of time just like scheduling everything to basically perfection and just very focused on like always getting the most out of everything all the time and that was the focus and while I guess I was like very productive and efficient, I think there's, there's something that's lacking from that. And, and the fact that, you know, that was the focus, like if someone was, you know, off schedule or something happened, not correct, that would frustrate me a lot. I think the reason for that was because I viewed the efficiency and productivity as the end in itself, not just as the means. So I think something that's important for me is to really always recognize that I'm only being efficient and productive so that I can get certain things done. But, you know, if I happen to not be the most productive or efficient one day, like it's not the end of the world. So that's kind of important. And then I think, uh, you know, the other. So the, can I jump in on that one a oh, little yeah. bit? Go for it. Go for it. So what I would say to that is, well, first of all, 
to define like what mindfulness means to me it's it's just awareness it's awareness of what you're doing of what you're thinking in any given moment it's just living it's like it's like truly being awake it's like being awake to your own life and like being aware of what you're doing so to me the change seems like it's been from uh working for the sake of working as opposed to like working for the sake of a goal and I think it should always be for the sake of a goal because that's mindful living, like knowing what you want and then knowing the steps to get there. So productivity is a very important skill to have, but it's a skill, you know? It's not an end result. It's a, tool. It's a skill, yeah, it's a, it's a tool in your toolkit that gets you to where you wanna go, but you need to know where you're going. You need to have a place where you wanna go. That's mindful living. Yeah, well, I, I the only slight caveat I would kind of add there is that you, you said working for the sake of working is not good. Working for the sake of a goal is good. I think that's mostly true, but sometimes there are certain types of like work or, or like even, do, you know, doing this podcast or like if I'm, you know, writing a blog post or, um, you know, going for a run, like, you know, part of it is the goal that I'm going to have a finished product, but part of it is also the experience itself. So I think, you know, that's, that's also important. Well, there I would say just the goal is different because the goal of, uh, let's say, writing a blog post or thinking about things is while like part of it is having a finished blog post, the real goal of it is to uh, like really firm out a set of ideas and to grow and to grow as an individual. So the goal is yeah. growth. That's, I mean, that's the goal of this podcast for me. Yeah, me too. So... I, I still think there's a goal. I like, we're, we're not, we're not just like, just don't do things mindlessly. It's easy to live a thoughtless life. And I think just being aware of what's happening around, but also what's happening within yourself is just something that's really, really important, at least to my yeah. mind. I, and I think, you know, meditation um, is not only like a helpful thing towards this. It's also like an interesting example. Like when I meditate, like it is my goal to meditate every day, but, also meditating is like a really interesting thing in itself where like some days I'm like better at it. Some days I'm worse at it, but I never want it to feel like I'm doing it because, you know, I write on my whiteboard that I'm supposed to meditate every day. Like I do it because I genuinely think it's a good goal. And also the process of doing it like strengthens my character or like strengthens my peace of mind and helps me recognize that, you know, just the goal itself is not the only important thing. So I think there's kind of like this circular feedback mechanism um, that can exist with it as well. Yeah, that's very well put. Um, cool. So, so just like the, on the little points A and B, um, so form good habits, force myself to stick with them, create negative positive sentences for myself. Kind of, uh, you know, I, I think I also mentioned this at the beginning of the last podcast, like during this quarantine, I put eight things on my whiteboard of things I want to do every day. And I tell myself I have to do seven of them. Uh, and like, I can't like the punishment is that I like, am not going to be happy with myself if I, I don't do them. And like, I won't allow myself to like, you know, let's say I'm trying to like have a glass of wine and like get into bed and watch TV, like not going to happen. Um, unless I do them. But then also like, if I do do the seven things, then it's like, Oh, I did like, I like I had a good day. Like I did, the things that are good for my long-term success. Um, now I can like get into bed and like have a glass of wine and watch TV or like play Xbox with friends or, or whatever it is. So I think, you know, forming the good habits 
and, and getting into the habits makes it a lot easier to do those things that are good for you long term. Uh, but when you're in the process of forming them, it's the incentive structure is really important. And, and parenting yourself and learning to parent yourself is kind of important because no one else is going to parent you once you're, you know, an adult person. Um, so, so that's, that's my spiel for A. Uh, I agree with that a hundred percent. I, I feel an aversion to, uh, to the term negative incentives, just cause I feel like, like negative incentives for me, maybe for a lot of people, uh, were like the primary method in which like I was raised. Like there weren't really a lot yeah. of positive incentives to doing things. It wasn't like, like, it wasn't like, oh, if you like get good grades, like there is like a benefit. It's more like if you don't get good grades, there's going to be like, yeah, it's like, it's like some shit's going to go down. So yeah. that's like, that's kind of like created this like mental block for me uh, in terms of negative incentives describing my mom really seems like a negative incentive. It's more like there is a positive incentive, but like not giving yourself the positive incentive unless you do. That's almost like that's like getting bored, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I like that framing. Um, and in terms of like what I'm practically doing for myself, like what I'm saying about the glass of wine in a TV show or playing Xbox is a positive incentive. Um, that if I don't do the things, I don't get the positive incentive, but framing it to myself in both ways is sometimes helpful. Um, Cause yeah. then like different parts of my brain are more motivated by negative and different parts are more motivated by positive. So I basically what it's saying is form the good habits with incentives and then use positive and negative incentives to like train your brain in a way. Like it's the same thing. It's same as anything. Like I, I'm just like, Oh, like I don't want to be, snacking on cookies all the time so don't keep them like in right super accessible like in the kitchen because i'll just eat them like instead keep like nuts because i like nuts too but they're like healthier <laughs> so i'll just like eat nuts because i'm constantly hungry and i'm constantly going to the kitchen and it's like it's just like it's such an easy good habit to form um so that's that's a um b is i think something that's also very important for me uh so it's get the hard shit done first and I think that's just a really good thing to do because like whether it's with, you know, in school, like I have, you know, to do like this one reading assignment and like one essay and like the reading's super easy. Uh, they're for different classes, let's say. The reading's super easy and the essay's super hard um, or will take a long time. It's just like do the hard shit first because if I do the reading first, the entire time the, the fact that I need to do the essay is going to be on my mind. Then I'm going to want to take a break after I do the reading and then it's going to be like later at night and I'm not sure I'm going to do the essay. And meanwhile, during the break, it's, the essay is going to be on my mind the entire time. Or I could just like get the hard thing done first. And then I can just be like, okay, now I'm like done for the night. I accomplished the real thing. I could like do the next thing tomorrow morning. Um, or I could just like not, or I could just do the next thing. But either way, I'm not going to have like this big thing hanging in the back of my head. So basically like my strategy for myself is when I make a to-do list, I kind of have a few, I have a few quadrants on my to-do list, like, I have quadrant one, which is urgent and important, quadrant two, and then quadrant two and three, and one of them, and I've kind of played around with them, but one of them is uh, important, but not urgent, so that's quadrant two for me right now, and quadrant three is urgent, uh, but not important, but then within each of those quadrants, I structure it, hardest thing to do on the top, and I always do the top one first, and that's kind of how I try and like look at um, my organization, which is 
you know, you want to do the urgent and important things first. And then within that category of urgent and important things, do the hardest one of them first. So first do all the urgent and important from hardest down, and then you can do the important, not urgent stuff. And then the urgent, um, yeah, you, you get it. I hope. So for, yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Uh, so for, for me, uh, like a big thing that works for me is just like the concept of reframing. Um, so, and I'll, I'll talk about that in two senses. First of all, in part a, you use the word force. And for me, I don't, uh, cause I usually view, um, like I try, I try and separate like negative or bad behaviors, like from myself as in like, it's not like, I'm not a bad person, but I did something that was like, not ideal. Like I like did, like I missed an assignment, like whatever the case may be in terms of school. Uh, but so for me, like trying to force myself to do things doesn't really work. Like I look at it from the perspective, like I just need to get out of my own way and allow myself to do things. Cause that's like the perspective that works for me. Like I just, I, I like, I, yeah, I just don't operate in the way that like, like pushing myself through negative things, like just doesn't really work for me. Like I try and take like a kinder approach with myself just cause like, that's just how, uh, that's just what works for me. So like, and in terms of like getting the hard shit done first, like I, like the way for me to get hard things done is to just like take a step back and be like, it's not that hard. That's just what works for me. Just like, 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 let's say it's like something I really don't want to do. Just like breaking it into like into pieces and just like getting started. And then once I'm going, I'm kind of just like, yeah, this isn't that difficult. Like I can do this. This is reasonable. Like, like just like reframing, like my perspective on things is, uh, is the most beneficial way for me to operate. Yeah, no, that's, that's definitely good insight. I think particularly the point about breaking it down to component parts and, and really like getting started on something, right? Like if I have to write an essay, the hardest part is getting the first, well, not the first sentence maybe, but the second sentence on the board. Um, but like once I do that, I can just kind of get myself into like a flow and do it. But, but getting started is, is kind of often quite hard. Um, so there, there's something to be said for maybe doing a little bit of an easier task or at least an easier part of a hard task first as like an entrance into doing the hard task. I think that's something that maybe I, I, um, could like incorporate into this or just like into my thinking, uh, generally, but it's, it's definitely a good point that like, if you do the easy part of a hard task first, then that it's like the the second derivative, right? Like you're, you're, you do the, the easy part of the hard task <laughs> first and then it's like, you know, it'll be easier. So, uh, I also think that there's this big stigma in our culture against like quitting. Um, and I think like, yeah, quitting is a bad thing. Like, I think you should give your all at like whatever it is you're doing. But I also think that if, you really like dislike doing something and you really need to force yourself into doing it, then that just might not be the thing for you. And that's so okay. The example for yeah. me is uh, like computer science. Like I thought I went into college and I was like, I want to study computer science. And then I took like a few comp sci courses and it was such a grind to get through them. Like it just was really like, it was a slog. Like, and I hated every second of everything, like of every moment I was doing. And I kind of hit a point of realization where it's like, I don't have to be doing this. Like there are some things you have to do that are difficult. Like that's part of life. But like, I don't need to 
force myself to make my own life more difficult. Like there's other things that I can do that I will enjoy and that will be just, that will be more fulfilling. Like not just as, like if anything, it's going to bring me more joy. And like to my mind, if I'm living a fulfilled life, that's my definition of success. So like I just was able to, like once I like kind of got that stigma out of my head where it's like I started this, like I really have to finish or else like, like, or else like I'm going to be a quitter for the rest of my life. Like, like once I kind of got rid of that, I was like, wait, like I'm okay to stop doing this and pursue things that I actually enjoy. Like, like I do feel that sometimes we as people, maybe particularly as American people, we, we are like our own warden. Like we trap ourselves. We trap ourselves in certain boxes and confine ourselves to doing certain things when really there's other ways of doing things. There's other ways of looking at things. And I think once the stigma of that is removed, you're kind of, one is able to allow themselves to live their life a little bit more fully. Yeah, no, I, I like that a lot. And I think, I think in terms of like an example of, of you, you were saying quitting, like one that's like pretty pressing for me right now is I, I started a book recently called The Infinite Jest by David Foster Wallace. And oh, wow. <laughs> so, so yeah, so, you know, I, I'm a pretty avid reader. I read pretty fast. All, like I start a book and I just like kind of move through it. Um, that's heavy stuff though. You can't expect yourself yeah, to get to yeah. David Foster Wallace. Exactly. So like in terms of, you know, reading nonfiction, I kind of know what I'm signing up for. Like if I have a goal, that I want to like learn a topic in nonfiction. I'm like, I want to read this and I know it's going to be a slog. I'm going to push through it. And if I read fiction, I'm typically like, Oh, this is going to be like an easy read. I'm going to get really hooked into it at the beginning and kind of go. So the infinite jest for me right now has been a very interesting predicament because I started reading it. It's like what, something like 1500 pages of extremely dense text. It's, you know, non it, it's fiction, but uh, it's not like, oh, like really, you know, interesting plot, like character development, all linear, like kind of can't wait to see what happens at the end. It's like not that it's non-linear, non-contextual, uh, very hard to figure out what's going on. Language is extremely like intricate, complicated. The guy um, likes to flex with his vocabulary. That's a fact. Yeah. You're just like sitting there reading sentences over again. I'm just like, am I reading like a, like a philosophy textbook right now? It's like, no, I'm reading this nonfiction book, but also it's really hard to kind of get into like flow and be like, Oh, I can't wait to like sit down and read like for three hours tonight. It's like, I read like a chapter and I'm like, okay, I gotta like step back. Um, and so I started this book, I read probably about a hundred pages and I was, <laughs> I was like, I don't know if I'm going to keep going through this, but I kind of have like a mindset for myself, which is with books, I am going to read at least 10% of the book before I make any kind of decision about whether I'm going to put it down or not. So I was like, all right, I'll read another like chapter, read another 50, 50 pages. And I was like, okay, I kind of like it. Like, I think I'll keep going. And right now I'm probably about, I'm probably about 300 pages in. So I'm like 20% in. And it's funny because I'm almost at like another point where I'm like, God, do I want to keep reading this? Uh, or do I want to quit? Uh, I think I'm going to finish, but I am, I am being, it, it will be okay if I quit. Uh, because, yeah. and, and I know for next time that if I'm going to take on a challenge like this, um, I want to do it with like a friend, like reading uh, this infinite jest alone is devastating because it's like, <laughs> Oh God, I'm like, now, like in the past, in the, in the three weeks beforehand, I read four books, but it's been two weeks and I've gotten through 300 pages of this book. Like what's going on? Um, so yeah. And like, 
so I think it can be difficult for us to like stay out of the mindset where uh like or to like just be kind to yourself like not be like yeah like like for me like I was I had like a very similar experience where I was in the eighth grade and I like thought I was clever and I tried to read the grapes of wrath and I got like 10 pages yeah. in and I was just like dude like this is not it like this is not yeah. happening for me <laughs> Yeah. And like the like the place I wanted to go in my head was like like am I dumb like can I not read this book like I must be stupid for not being able to read this book but like the fact is like there's just no need like there's there's points where like it might be beneficial to be hard on oneself and be firm but like most of the times like you really should just like take like ease off a little bit I think everyone could stand to kind of just like be a little kinder to themselves to chill out a little bit like like it's not yeah. always that serious you know like if you and, stop and reading think, the book yeah. it's not a big deal. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. It's okay. (laughs) Yeah. I do think that's true. And I think I still want to try and finish it, but we'll see. (laughs) Uh, But either way, either way, this leads us nicely into number 10. Yeah. Um, I'm going to try and keep moving us along. Uh, Try to be flexible with yourself, especially, um, especially with others. Um, But I I think what I mean to say with others involved uh, and do not fill up your plate literally or metaphorically with more or even as much as you can handle. And kind of the sub bullet there is always give yourself some leeway in case shit goes wrong or if you are presented with a new opportunity. So kind of to digest that whole thing, it's just like be flexible. Like it is okay if I don't finish this book. Um, And like if other people are like involved in, in like if there are other people that are like relying on me to be do something at a certain time um or if like i'm relying on someone else to do something in a certain time just like be a little more flexible to them just like give them the benefit of the doubt understand that like they are also probably going through shit and like that's the reason why they weren't able to um you know complete the tasks that they were supposed to for you on time or like the reason why they showed up late to dinner or like whatever it is like it's probably because they had something going on. So like, just be a little more flexible with them and be more flexible with yourself. Like if you don't schedule everything back to back to back so that you don't end up having to, you know, run around with a chicken without a head off. Um, And it's like, don't fill up your plate too much. Like don't fill up a massive plate of food because then, you know, you won't be able to take more of one thing or another if you really like something because it'll be full and don't do it metaphorically either. Because like, if you just like pack in your days, you won't be able to kind of make the type of pivots, like go on a private jet ride around Manhattan because, you know, you scheduled out your whole day and this and that. Um, And I think just things will also go wrong, right? Like there's things that are going to go right and you want to have room for that. But when things go wrong, you also want to have room for that too. Uh, So I think just making, giving built-in leeway to yourself um, will give you an extra cushion when shit goes wrong and also will give you more time to, to do more of what you want when things are going well, or if there are new opportunities that are presented. So I think that's a pretty, pretty critical rule. So uh, two things I have to say about that. One is that I really firmly believe that we treat others the way we treat ourselves. And so someone who is kind to oneself and flexible with themselves and like understanding towards themselves, like gets that, uh, like gets that like, their best effort on a given day is going to be different from day to day. And that sometimes things happen and like, you can't always be operating at a hundred percent and you can't always like, sometimes things go wrong and sometimes things happen and that's okay. I think someone who's like that with themselves is going to be able to be like that with other people. 
And I think someone who's very like firm and hard on themselves is going to end up treating other people the same way because that's the way that they know how to treat people. Yeah. Is, is something that I really believe very firmly. And I think um, the way I was raised and I feel like uh, I feel like this could be like a New York area thing. This could be an East Coast thing. With the way that I was taught to uh, do things, to get things done, was to basically just bully myself into doing it. Was to just be like, like you need to get this done. Do it right now. Like, like if you don't do it, you're a piece of shit. Like, like, like just do it. Like, get it done. And like, I think that can work for a lot of people. But like, I have realized that that doesn't work at all for me. And like, I need to, I need to give myself some, some, like some like space to maneuver, like some room to breathe. And I think that people who like weren't raised that way, like weren't raised taught, like taught to like give themselves some like ample space can have difficulty like adopting that. But I do think it's something that's like worthwhile because I think that life just becomes better like when you get into that headspace. Yeah. I mean, that, that's something that as you were saying, saying it, I was very much pondering for myself. Um, and I, I definitely am tough on myself to an extent um, and also understanding to an extent. Um, but I do wonder how much that translates over. I mean, I, I, I try to treat other people maybe better in some respects than I treat myself only because I understand um, like all of the predicaments that I'm facing. Whereas I know that I don't understand all the predicaments that other people are facing. Um, so I think like there is a sense in which it's a, a little bit okay. You know, when I know that like I'm at home and I have nothing on my, like I'm healthy, my family's healthy. I have space for myself. Like there's not really a reason why I shouldn't be like being productive. Um, and so like, because of that, I'm a little tougher on myself. Whereas, you know, maybe I don't know everything that's going on in your house or someone else's house or, or how, if they're feeling healthy or not healthy. So I think, you know, in some ways it's a little bit okay to treat yourself or, or be a little bit more firm with yourself. But I think also, um, there's an element of truth to like, if you're kinder with yourself, you'll be kinder with the world and, and all that. So I think, um, I think it's a, it's a good and fair point. Well, to my mind, that's just don't make assumptions about other people, which is just like an another important rule. Because like you can never know yeah. what's going on in another person's life. Like you never know the full story. The only thing you can know is what they tell you. And uh, I think a lot of the times there's benefit in like choosing to believe just like in other people. I think that just makes life better. So yeah. I don't know. That's That's just... That's that's my two cool. cents on on number ten. <laughs> yeah, I, cool. I like it. I like believing other people. I think that leads very well into number eleven. Um, it's cool. I think we've been doing a lot of good transitions, and also I, I think it's cool because I kind of you know I made this list and didn't have like no, no one looked over it. I kind of looked over it myself. I think you've added lots of really cool insights um, that like I don't know. It's pretty hard to come up with like a fully comprehensive list of stuff and there are going to be things that are missing and i think you've been very helpful for me just like as we've as we've been going through this to kind of like fill in some of the blanks or maybe i could maybe miss some stuff or uh highlighted some stuff more in depth so that's been very cool but yeah i appreciate right, you we got so. we got a we got a, a couple more left and i want to finish in under an hour we're, we're at 41 minutes since we started this topic so let's okay let, not, let's, honestly, uh, honestly 
big improvement. The first six yeah. took us like two hours. I think so. I think so. <laughs> All right. Number, number 11. Um, always be willing to learn from others. Uh, everything is something, everyone has someone to teach me. And the sub bullet is instead of feeling any type of jealousy or related emotions for what people have or know, um, use it as an opportunity to reflect on how much you have or know. So I think this one um, is kind of been a bit of a big, like one of the things that I think has signified my coming of age into adulthood has been this rule. Uh, like I can just think of myself like in high school, like people who knew more about a topic or like had like a beach house in the Hamptons or like something like, I'm just like, oh my God, like I'm so jealous of that person. Like I wish I had that, um, particularly like in terms of the, having material things um was or like this my friend has like this game or that when i was younger right like those i think are fairly natural emotions but are really pretty harmful and i think particularly um in terms of learning to when i see someone else has like this amazing beach house or this amazing toy or this or that instead of being like thinking like oh well they also have all the shitty stuff so it's okay um or like being just pure jealous of them instead just be like wow like I also have lots of good stuff um and like I'm pretty content with the stuff that I have and that's pretty awesome and then I think in terms of the knowledge stuff um this one I, I haven't had as much I think trouble with but is also just like an important lesson like when I listen to a smart person give a lecture or just like have a, a call with someone who's just like really bright or like knows a lot more about something than I do I'm just like wow that's so dope that this person just like knows a lot about this topic like that's really cool um and the takeaway that i have from it at maximum is like i should try and like learn more about like their field or just like some other field um and like that's a really cool thing so i think this one works on a couple different levels i think always being like always be willing to learn from others i think that's so important because for a couple of reasons i think if you walk into every interaction with perspective like this person has something of valuable to or like or some has something of value to say then you are gonna just listen and that's something that cannot be like spoken up enough like just the ability to listen actively like i think that's like a skill that Honestly, for me personally, I was surprised to hear a few years ago that like a lot of people have trouble listening. Like for me, that was something I could always kind of just do. Like I just, I don't know, I don't know why I became that way. It might be because like I had like social anxiety. So that's like kind of the way that I coped that if I like was not listening, I would be just freaking out. So I like had to teach myself how to just like be tuned in. But like if you walk in with the perspective that everyone has something valuable to say, then your conversations are just going to have such a better level of depth and meaning. And it's just, that's going to improve your life. And then in terms of part A, I think jealousy usually comes from comparison. And I think comparison is a problematic thing to do with people. I think uh, it's important to learn to be content with yourself and anyone who because there's always someone who's going to be smarter or you know like someone who's going to have more who's going to be able to do more someone who's who's better at any given thing 
that so it's important to to just come from the perspective like i i am enough in myself and like so is everybody else they just need to choose to embrace that you know like everyone because i mean everyone is like everyone is enough you know everyone is is enough of a person and that's just a fact and and everyone that you meet or everyone that I meet is, is going to be better than me and know more than me about something. And that's, that's, I think for a fact, for a fact. Yeah. And, and, and that's the real key. Um, and I think just as like an interesting anecdote. Um, so like this happened to me last night. So I've been listening to like this, uh, lecture series, um, on like early, basically like the, the Roman empire from like third century AD until, uh, 15th century. Right. I uh, through Yale. It's very good. Um, but it was towards the end of the lecture. So the professor's been lecturing for however long. Um, and like two minutes left, he's like, any questions or comments? And I was basically at the point where I was like, all right, I heard the lecture. It was good stuff. Like, I'm going to turn it off. Like, I don't need to hear these like college kids ask like questions or comments. Um, but I was like, ah, you know what? I'll just, I'll just listen because why not? Because um, the lecture was um, pretty focused on like this Roman guy, Augustine, who became St. Augustine. And the professor was, was saying how, um, you know, Augustine's mom was Monica and she um, was like super pious and Augustine like wrote all about her in his writings. But like, even though she was way more pious than he was, only he became a saint and he was St. Augustine and nothing happened to her. And then one of the students like makes a comment. He's like, by the way, I am from Saint, Santa Monica, California, and I'm pretty sure that St. Augustine's mom became a saint and her name is Santa Monica. And um, it was just like, and then the professor was like, oh, like that's so interesting. And I was just, it reminded me a lot of this. And it was just like, wow, like, you know, even if you think you know, like so much about a topic, which like clearly this professor just like knows, like uh, he knows so much about like Roman history in like the early middle ages, it's like insane. But like, there's still like some stuff that like other people, the student for like, whatever reason like maybe he didn't know so much about roman history but like he happened to be from this town santa monica california and like knew the origin of the name so like he was able to teach the professor something even in the subject where the professor knows way more than everyone in the room combined so i think where the professor is literally cool. an expert yeah literally he's literally like a world-renowned expert on like or uh the early medieval uh european history but like he didn't know this one little tidbit but like the student knew it because of like a whole nother thing, not because he knew anything about uh, Roman history, but because he lived in Santa Monica, California. So I think that's an interesting, interesting thing. Um, and I think we can go on to the last one now, um, which is, which is, I think is a good one, which is schedule and time for yourself. Don't take anything in life, including this list too seriously as moderation is always the best option, including for extremes, but not in extreme. Um, <laughs> So I think like what this means is just like, and I think I've learned this lesson more and more uh, as I've been home and getting to spend a lot of quality time alone uh, during, during like the coronavirus quarantine, but basically time for myself is like so important. Uh, You know, it's important to take time to like read and like do podcasts and the productive stuff for myself, but also just to take time to like sit and think and like cook food or go for walks with like, music or no music and journal or just like do whatever it is that I feel like I want to be doing. Um, it's just like important to kind of schedule in that time so that uh, even when I'm really busy, there's still going to be enough time for me to have kind of open space 
um, don't take things for life uh, too seriously or for granted. Um, and I included the idea that like this list should not be taken too seriously. And I hope that I haven't given off the vibe that like this is a end all be all <laughs> something. Like I just think it's kind of a, a, a good list of ideas. So like it's, it's important to take some stuff seriously some of the time, but like most things in life, it's important to like kind of have the perspective that it's not life or death. Um, and like, it's not that important that like you get like an A on an essay or like have a perfect list of virtues or like anything else. Um, and then moderation is just like a, a really good tool generally. Like, like it is kind of okay to do a moderate amount of most things, um, and including for extreme things. Like it's okay to do a moderate amount of extreme things um like that's also okay like to do a couple of a few crazy things but like what the one thing that's not okay is to, oh, i think it's not okay is not to do like be so extreme about your moderation like it's okay to be extreme some of the time um like you can be extreme in moderation but don't be an extremist about being moderate uh so i think that that is uh that's number 12. so Number 12 is pretty uh, broadly encompassing and it's like one of the shorter ones. And I yeah. think that's fascinating. Uh, but schedule time for yourself, absolutely essential. Self-care is so important. Like in order to be able to be your best and to take care of others, you need to take care of yourself. So that's very important. And I think more broadly for the rest of it, I think American culture particularly has a tendency towards like bipolarism. And I think that could be coming from like a two party system. I don't, I don't really know. I can only conjecture, but like it's, it's often like, it often feels like at least uh, in the people that I encounter, it's like either like very much this way or it's very like, it's black and like, you see a lot of black and white thinking. In, yeah. And in the lack world. of nuance. There's a lot. Yeah. And it's just the, the fact is uh, everything is gray you know like like there really is no black and white in the world yeah everything like, is a spectrum so i think i think balance should be the number one thing that's pursued always as opposed to uh and it and that goes that goes uh like that can be taken in terms of perspectives that can be taken in just like a number of different ways like no one's perspective including my own or anybody's own is facts that's why it's perspective so like everything should be taken with a grain of salt nothing is black and white and uh look for the gray <laughs> yeah ending I, notes I for me <laughs> yeah no I, I think that's really good i mean i think kind of as you were saying like in america but but i think the problem is really uh exacerbated by a social media and b the fact that this country has way too many people um and because there's a two-party system everything kind of is there's like only two ways to look at things um when that that really is like pretty obviously a bad way of thinking about it like most things are not black and white as as you were saying um but in order to get like the most media clicks or in order to like fit along a particular ideological line like you you kind of have to choose one side or the other um, and I think like that's a real and severe structural problem that exists um, in our society. Uh, just like lack of nuance. I think again, byproduct of way too many people, um, two viewpoints, uh, and like 
and mass media. Um, but I think like on a personal note, you know, being able to just try and understand that like the, the uh, points behind what both sides are saying, like both sides oftentimes have like really good points and like people generally have good motivations. And so typically there's going to be an answer or a set of answers that are somewhere in the middle that kind of encompass um, the main points and concerns of both sides without being like too extreme one way or the other. Uh, and I think like the type of like demonization of enemies or, or enemy ideologies um, leads to more black and white and extreme thinking. But I think kind of understanding that different people have um, a part of the truth or a part of um, the right answer um, in what they're saying is, is a really important uh, facet in like being able to think in a nuanced uh, and moderate manner. Yeah, that, that last bit is extremely important. And I would build upon that by saying that everyone's feelings are valid in that if I, like, for example, it always, uh, it always blows my mind when people say things like, uh, like now in, in 2020, uh, like we've moved on from like marginalized groups, like now, like things are more equal, like whatever. It blows my mind that people say that because it's a clear sentiment that there are people who feel marginalized. And the fact is that yeah. people who feel marginalized therefore are because that's their, that's their perception of like, that's their perception of the world. Like if, like if someone feels that type of way, that means that their reality is that way. So that yeah. means that, so that means that's something that's true and that should be acknowledged. And like, so I think yeah. giving credence to that is can't be, can't be overstressed to my mind. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think, I think that's a very good point. Um, I also think this is kind of a good time to, to wrap the podcast. I think, you know, as I mentioned when we were doing uh, number 10, uh, like this has been kind of immensely helpful and interesting for me to kind of hear your two cents, but also to kind of go through this, um, recognize for myself some of the holes that need to be filled in, but also like, like number 12, like could just easily be split up into two things. Or like I could have break, broken this down a bit differently, but again, I kind of use, uh, Aristotle and his 12 virtues is a bit of um, a bit of a framework um, to help me out in doing this. So I think uh, this is a cool exercise, both for me to write this and for us to discuss it. Um, and I hope all the listeners enjoyed. Yeah, this is good. This has been a nice, a solid like 55 minutes. So I think uh, let's call it a wrap. And I hope everyone enjoyed uh, having lunch.